As we gather, let's prepare our hearts for worship by hearing the words of this song. everyone welcome to worship at fusion for those of you who are in this space as well as those of you who are worshiping online we're glad that you're here um hear the word of the lord from psalm 29 ascribe to the lord you heavenly beings ascribe to the lord glory and strength ascribe to the lord the glory due his name worship the lord in the splendor of his holiness 
The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. I invite you to stand and worship in this. So the kiddos may be dismissed at this time. 
And the Lord be with you as you worship and learn. This morning we will be taking communion. And for those of you who are worshiping online at home, you may wish to take a moment to prepare some bread and juice so that you can join in along with us. Thank you for your faithful giving. We give out of gratitude for what the Lord has given us. There are online options as well as drop-off points at the church. Please stay tuned after the service for our church announcements or check online at harderwike.com. So last week, Pastor Mary and I had the privilege of teaming up to baptize Aliana Joy Pipe, daughter of Josh and Rachel Pipe. Josh and Rachel desired a small outdoor service due to COVID-19, and representatives from Harderwijk and family members were present to answer questions on behalf of the community. Welcome, Eliana, as there's a picture right there. As the French Reformed Liturgy says, we will continue to tell you this good news until it becomes your own. Please join me in prayer using the words of Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. As the song, This is My Father's World says, though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who live in it. We are yours, God. When things can so easily feel overwhelming, we can look to your sovereignty. We know that we often fall short of having clean hands and a pure heart, as your word describes. And it is easy to put our hope in something or someone other than you. We take a moment at this time to confess our sins silently to you. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayer and for your grace that you extend to us. We pray specifically for your intervention during this time of COVID-19. We pray for endurance for scientists, doctors, nurses, and first responders, and so many more. We pray for administrators as they make difficult decisions and for teachers, parents, and kiddos as well. And as we look toward our fusion community, we give you praise specifically for progress toward healing for Rip, Rick Blaukamp after a heart attack. We pray that you would continue to heal him further. And we are also grateful for the reminder of baptism and for Josh, Rachel, Ethan, and Eliana Pipe. We pray for Josh and Rachel as they raise her, and we pray that Eliana would grow to know you more and guide us as a community also as we support them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, Noah, for being here again today. Good morning. People of God, the word of God for us this morning comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verses 1 through 23. It's good to be back with all of you this morning, and I hope that our time in Daniel is fruitful. 
To that end, will you pray with me? Lord God, you are good. And you have, given, you have given us this time again this morning to gather as your people and to hear from your word. God, I pray this morning we would learn more about you, more about ourselves. God, that we would be molded to be more like you and to recognize your presence in the world. God, we love you, and we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear these words from Daniel 6. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. 
A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he first came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Deja vu. As Pastor Bill and Pastor Aaron and I joined our video call this week to collaborate on our sermon, Pastor Aaron opened with a feeling I think that we might all share this morning. Deja vu. Right, we've opened our Bibles again to the book of Daniel. And inside, once again, we found a, a prideful king who glorifies himself, a Jewish exile who is faithful to God, and most importantly, we find a God who is faithful to humanity and who demonstrates his power in some sort of miracle. It feels like maybe we've read this story before week after week in our series on Daniel. And I can only imagine that feeling was even worse for Daniel himself. Because even though we've read this story over and over, Daniel was the one who lived it over and over. When he was just a young man, Daniel was taken from his home. He was put into exile, and he must have felt some sort of fear. But he knew that God would be faithful. When he was confronted by Nebuchadnezzar, he stood firm, and he trusted God, and he was delivered. <laughs> well, thank goodness that's over, he must have thought. Maybe now I can settle down. Maybe now I can get some rest. But he couldn't. Because in Daniel 2, we read that Daniel was called upon to interpret the king's dream. That's a pretty high-pressure situation he was in. But he stood firm, and he trusted God, and he was delivered. <laughs> and he must have said, well, thank goodness that's over. Maybe now I can get some rest. But he couldn't. Because in Daniel 4, we read that once again, he was called upon to interpret the king's dream. And this time, it had some pretty bad news. We read that Daniel was afraid to speak to Nebuchadnezzar. But he stood firm, and he, he trusted God, and he was delivered. Well, well, thank goodness, all of that is over Maybe now, finally, I can get some rest. But he couldn't, because just last week we read in Daniel 5 that a new king came to power, King Belshazzar. And Daniel was called upon to interpret the writing on the wall. 
And as the the Babylonian empire literally toppled around him, he must have again felt some sort of fear or, or uncertainty. But he stood firm and he trusted God and he was again delivered. Thank goodness all of this, all of it is finally behind me. Maybe now I can finally get a little bit of rest. But he couldn't. Because this morning we opened Daniel chapter 6. And Daniel is now an old man. Many sources say he was 80 or even 90 years old. And he'd been working in these chaotic Babylonian politics his entire life. Through every situation, God had been faithful and Daniel had been faithful in return. But we have to stop and ask the question, did Daniel ever feel discouraged or weary or tired? Haven't I dealt with enough God, haven't I been faithful enough? Haven't you tested me enough? Because every time Daniel thought that he caught a break, some new situation would rise up and give him another headache. With each new king, he had a new set of anxieties and a new set of disappointments. And with this new king, Darius, Daniel must have been at his wits end. Darius had just issued a decree that anyone who worships any person or God other than him would be thrown into a den of hungry lions. What next? Do I really have to go through this again? It was a new administration with all the same old problems. So Daniel did the only thing left he could think to do. Just as he had every day for three days since his, three times a day every day since his exile, he got down on his knees and he faced Jerusalem and he begged God for an answer. God, why is all of this happening to me? Can't I ever get any Rest. And it seems that rest is in short supply these days as well. Maybe I'm biased because I have a newborn at home who likes to wake us up every couple of hours, but even if we could get a full night's sleep, there's plenty in this world to make us plenty tired. As one example, we have a global pandemic. And it feels closer than it has ever felt to me. Just last week, I was supposed to join you here this morning for a second sermon, but my sister tested positive. And since I was in close contact with her, well, my wife and I both had to quarantine for a week until we got negative test results. But it was a scary time. This pandemic, for all of us, is tiring. Or consider another example. I'm not sure how many of you pay attention to this sort of thing, but turns out we have a presidential election here in the United States in just nine days. And if we pay attention to how the ads are telling it on TV, or better yet, how the ads are selling it to us on TV, 
The fate of the entire nation, uh, even better, the fate of the entire world rests on your and your and your and your individual decision a week from Tuesday. And you know what? If, if you make the wrong mistake, if you make the wrong choice, then all of history will be witness to it if there's even history left to witness. And honestly, as far back as I can remember anyway, every election has felt like this. You want to talk about new administration, same old problems. This political cycle we have in the United States is tiring. It isn't just national problems either. We all have personal issues to work through. Whether that's relational issues, marital troubles, illnesses, financial situations, you name it, whatever it happens to be. Addison had finally paid off her big hospital bill. And she said, thank goodness that's over. Maybe now I can get some rest. But she couldn't. Because the next week she had a fight with her spouse, a pretty heated argument. And you know, this wasn't the first fight they'd had. And eventually they worked it out, or at least they pretended that they had. And so she said, Thank goodness that's over. Maybe now I can get some rest. But she couldn't. Because the next morning she woke up to a phone call that her father's dementia had gotten worse. And after a couple of months in hospice, he passed away. He was in a, a better place now, but it's still hurt. And she choked back the tears and said, oh, thank goodness that's over. Maybe now I can get some rest. But she couldn't. Because it always seemed like there's something new for her to worry about or to, to work through. And so she kept working harder and trying harder and praying harder. And she, much like Daniel, started to feel discouraged and weary and tired. Perhaps this year uniquely so. How many of us in the past few weeks when people ask, oh, how are you doing? We just say, it's 2020. And so Addison does the only thing she can think left to do. She gets down on her knees and she asks God, why is all of this happening to me? Can't I get any rest? Daniel, faced with yet another difficult situation, turned to Jerusalem and prayed to God. At first glance, it might seem like this gets him into even more trouble than he had been in before. The other administrators knew that this is exactly what he would do. And once they caught him in the act, his fate was sealed. Darius did everything in his power to save Daniel, but his decree could not be withdrawn. Much like our own words, they have the power at times to lift people up and, and tear people down. And once you speak them, you can't take them back. And so after failing to save Daniel, 
Darius gives the order. And Daniel is thrown into the lion's den to be eaten alive. And you know, you might think that this is Daniel's lowest point. You might look at the situation and say that things couldn't possibly get any worse for Daniel. And from a certain perspective, you'd be correct. Darius certainly seemed to think this. He spent the whole night pacing back and forth, worrying for Daniel, waiting for the sun to come up so that he could see if he was okay. And when, Dan, when Darius got to the lion's den, he called out to Daniel and he found him not dead, no, not even wounded, but alive and well. Compared to Darius, Daniel probably had the best night's sleep of his entire life. Why? Because Daniel rested. Even surrounded by hungry lions, we see in verse 23 that Daniel trusted in his God. He rested in God. His whole life, he hadn't rested in the, the positions of authority that he'd been given. He hadn't rested in the intelligence and wisdom he'd been given. No, he didn't even rest in his own ability to get out of the problems in his life. He rested in God's promises. He turned his face toward Jerusalem and he rested in God's faithfulness and presence, just as he had every day, three times a day since his exile. Daniel had a daily communion with God, so sweet and so pure that he was willing to die for it. People of God, this morning, we receive an invitation to join that communion. In our story, we see Daniel, who was placed in a lion's den, literally, if you will, a pit of death, with a stone rolled over the entrance, an innocent man executed for sins that he did not commit. And this morning, we eat and drink and remember Jesus Christ, truly the new and better Daniel, who was placed in a tomb, a pit of death, with a stone rolled over the entrance, an innocent man executed not for his own sins, but for ours. And when the stone was rolled away, he rose up triumphant over death. So that for the rest of time, whenever we have troubles, and people of God, we will have troubles. Whenever we have troubles, we may turn our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and find comfort that the same spirit which raised Christ from the dead lives now in us, even here this morning. Daniel turned his eyes upon God, and even in a den of lions, he found rest. And we can now turn our eyes upon Jesus. Even when we feel surrounded by life's troubles, we may find rest. Because the God that was faithful and present with Daniel will be faithful and present with us. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this Sabbath day. 
You created in six days and on the seventh you rested and then you gave us that day to also rest, to rest from our labor and to rest in you. God, I pray as we go out this week and we face the troubles of life and all the stress that it can throw at us, I pray amidst those things that we could find rest in you and recognize your presence around us. We love you. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Things are different, aren't they? This morning, you were all given a little cup as you entered, as we celebrate the sacrament of communion, the first time since March. But it's so good to come to the table. And we work with the modifications we have to. We are thankful that we are able to do this this morning. If you are joining us online, we invite you to gather the elements around your table and join in as we are guided along this morning. One thing about the cups, you will notice um, there's a cellophane top on the cellophane on the top. Pull that apart first and you'll find your wafer. And immediate, immediately under that is the foil. I would suggest that you pull it only halfway back because it can uh, have a tendency to spill a little bit. So just some of those type of things. If you are gluten-free, Linda is in the back and she will, if you just raise your hand, if you would prefer to take communion that way, she will find you. Also, if you would prefer not to use the little cup, if, you're, if it's a little bit hard for you to open it up, we understand and she will also uh, find you. But just raise your hand. So as we continue to travel these stormy seas of uncertainty, it is important that we do it together together, and that we find our anchor in the name of Jesus, knowing that one thing is certain and will never change. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. As the this I know people, and that's what we are, we are the this I know people. We come to the table this morning to be reminded of and to receive eternal healing. We've been unfaithful. We've been unmerciful. We've been unkind. And we've been unfair. But because of this table, what we are about to do here this morning, we have the proof that we have never been, nor will we ever be unloved. Amen? Amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus was having a meal with his disciples. And he took the bread and he broke it. And as he gave thanks, he said to the disciples, My friends, this is my body given for you. Take and eat, remember and believe. And in the same way, he took the cup. And as he poured out the wine, he gave thanks. And he shared with his disciples, his friends, 
So this is the blood of the new covenant. This is the blood for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink, remember, and believe. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. If you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to do that right now. If you want to take the wafer, take and eat, remember and believe. This is my body given for you. And as we take the juice, take and drink, remember and believe this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of our sins. Will you pray with me, please? Thank you, God, for your unfailing faithfulness. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. Thank you. As together, we claim with confidence the blessed assurance through the sacrifice of your son that we have never been unloved. Amen. 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 I invite you to stand and worship with us.
go with these words. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Please exit through these doors in a socially distanced fashion. Thank you.